So before they change it, <laughs> because somebody points it out, that is a horrible name for a team from the governor's office at gov.texas.gov, right? Mm-hmm. So different organizations within the you know within the governor's office, and uh, we have economic development appointments appointments office and child sex trafficking team. Yeah, they really should rename that. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm genuinely scared of it. child sex trafficking team. Bring justice, protect, recognize, recover, support healing children and youth. Okay, but that's a horrible name. My gosh. Oh, okay. I'm going to take a look at all of their stuff and see if anything else. Committee on People with Disabilities. <laughs> They shouldn't be the only ones allowed to be in the wheelchair. I want to just sit in their lap. Oh well, they're not going to feel it. <laughs> so, no, it looks like, let's see, small business assistance. Great. Texas Film Commission. That's cool. <laughs> okay. So, Sexual Assault Survivors Task Force. So they're there to take out any sexual assault survivors, oh right? No? no. Oh, what do you think? <laughs> oh, worse workforce investment. Okay, so they, there's there's quite a few different groups and organizations within it. That's actually pretty good. I like it. Oh, excuse me. Holy crud. So, oh man, I uh, I'm wiped. I just. Don't I'm not sleep. I mean, I am sleeping, but I'm I want to be sleeping more. I think I think my body's just there, but we didn't work outside today and you didn't work out at all. So, you know, I don't know what it, after this. What do you want to do? I thought you said we were going to play Minecraft. OK, that works for me. So we had the one day where Nikki had uh, the handy handicap of only having what was it she allowed stone tools or just wood she was allowed stone tools okay she didn't seem well too taken aback by it so mm-hmm. she kept well, we also i think we need to significantly like we need to come up with rules if we want to do this the way that we're doing it because everybody mm-hmm. is being extremely like afraid of actually doing anything which is why i started trying to go and mess with people because everybody was just not doing anything and i was like this is literally this becomes so boring nobody well, i literally had one extra day in in the game and like everybody's acting like that meant that i had like this huge massive advantage i'm like what? my yeah no i was sitting there going it's so like well you're playing it before everybody on the server i was like no, I had one game day. The moment I texted you was when I was logging it in on that seed. It took about 10 minutes just to put in the stupid seed number that we're on. The thing is like a, ri- it's a ridiculous number of digits wide. And then the girls came in and I was like, okay, cool. And I just ran away and got over to my spot, which everybody knows where, where it was. So I had to move that. But, you know, no, I'm I'm all for warring and battling. I feel like Lily's just picking on Tabby. She's not going after you or me or Nikki. So, you know, that's like I and I was over there and saw where Lily was. And it was like and I watched her jump. I don't know what she was thinking. She didn't even come close to making the water. She jumped and was like five bricks in when she slammed onto the ground, which (laughs) sucked because I was like, oh, there she is. So I squatted. I was going to kill her. And instead, I just watched her die. And it was like, okay, and so we have that spot now that I think was a good idea, having, you know, the safe spot where we could do all the trades and everything and nobody's allowed to attack anybody or anything like that. But obviously it was a little too close to my base because everybody was like, oh, look, there's a fence. That's Joey's. So, you know, I had to change that. But I don't know. I Yeah, we got to figure out something to do differently for it, you know? I think we just need to set up a Hunger Games style thing. We did that um, before you got into <coughs> playing Minecraft with us and uh, with the f- with me, Nikki, and the girls. Um, I had set up, basically, we had a little home, like a home base island kind of thing. Like it was literally the cornucopia and um, everything... <laughs> 
everything was great um, until, you know, you get to a certain point in it where everybody's kind of just, you know, I feel like <sighs> only having five people makes it difficult and everybody, nobody wants to actually be chaotic or evil <laughs> because that's just like nobody wants to play the part like Tabby was mm-hmm. getting genuinely upset and I'm like okay I I don't want to like I want to play and have fun with it I want us to be able to have evil you know villain arcs and you mm-hmm. know start alliances where it's like yeah I'm the leader of this and oh we're gonna go bully this person and have a good old time and da 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 and then they're gonna you know actually end up killing me and so it's gonna go bad and then they're gonna sl- like and I want it to be fun but everybody was so intent on like oh we're gonna build all these things up and I have a million things set up and ready to go before I start going after people and everybody was being all secretive and then nobody was actually going after anybody like Nikki didn't do anything but take a couple of things from you and then still it's just haha and gave them back anyways mm-hmm. it's just like what is happening what are we <laughs> nobody's doing anything so i'm gonna either like i'm either going to look up some things on um like different minecraft games that we can play together in a server kind of thing and mm-hmm. you know set something up like that or because like i still have the obsidian arena set up for the tnt games which the girls know about but you haven't done anything with that yet and it's really fun (laughs) okay so it's like i could do that but i could also set up another hunger games which is not hard at all i could we could literally set up bed wars we could do all kinds of things in minecraft there's so many games that people utilize for the sake of it just being um you know fun utilizing what the mechanics that minecraft has naturally so you know like bed wars is literally everybody uh we're on like these floating islands with this floating cornucopia center and the closer to the center of that floating island thing that you get the more um stuff that's in there Mm -hmm. and you travel to go you know get all those things and come back and basically build up around your um around your bed and obviously you want to be the first person to the center but if somebody else kills you then you respawn at your base you have to build over to where the um where the center is so first person over there obviously gonna have the most advantage but if somebody else is getting there first then they're gonna have you guys have to face off you know closer closer to the center that you get the better stuff that you get to just to come back and protect your bed and so their goal is to come break your bed and then kill you (laughs) and it was one of my favorite things to watch on youtube all the time it's just that in particular takes a lot more to set up than um than anything else and honestly the not being able to utilize your Mac out of nowhere is going to make that 10 times harder because you could Mm -hmm. download a map for it. Um, If it was on the PC, setting it up is just, it's going to take like, it'll take like a day alone just to set it up. But still the other games are not that hard. Playing hunger games is not that hard. We can play hunger games in there and, you know, set up a kind of what we did where it's a coordinate, you know, a coordinate barrier, or we can set it up in a old world, old flat world, <laughs> which okay. is still just as fun. Which, honestly, I, I because I haven't created a world in so long, I don't know if you can even still do that. But either way, we could totally do that. We can literally just all bring our creative abilities together and go on an old flat world and create a city that we get to, you know, keep for forever or go into a regular world, with us, you know, provided seed or whatever and mm-hmm. build, you know, just use our creativity and do cool things and build stuff and learn redstone or whatever. Like, there's so much you can do in Minecraft. And I feel like we just keep doing the same two things over and over again. (laughs) That's why I want to keep, that's why I want to start expanding. But Tavi just has no imagination and that's what sucks. And Lily has an imagination, but she keeps her imagination like so boxed in. And I feel like she has only one switch and it's chaos or nothing. (laughs) It's like, okay. And then I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't know about Nikki. I haven't really seen her do anything like that before. It's like, I'm. I'm psychotic. I will dance around and play a character, break out into accents, you know, quote memes. I do all these cool, fun, happy, you know, random out of nowhere things Mm -hmm. that, you know, to some people it's like, "Mm, that's cringy. But to some people they're like, no, I like your vibe. And so I feel like that's that's kind of what I'm looking for, because I know you'll do it. And I know that if you get Lily in the right mood, she'll do it. Tabby just, eh, it depends. Her her ability to be creative kind of stopped about a year and a half ago where she realized she didn't want to play pretend anymore because that's for kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay. So I'm like, I don't know. I want I want us to legitimately like get into a a, a server and 
like have to play the part of a character and try our best because then I feel like if we you know preface Tabby with you're gonna be chaotic and you're gonna your goal is to go out and kill everybody possible then you know you don't get to build anything up then she'll get rid of that you know oh I'm super protective over my things and I'm gonna be super mad if I get killed because she won't have anything to be protective over so it's like I don't know I'm just I want to have fun with it. I really do. <laughs> but I feel like it's a fight <laughs> to just have fun with it. But no, I think our next step, even if we if we don't, like I know you said earlier that it was like, this is the last day we're going to play on the server. I think even now, like you guys could play on the server for a little bit longer and I could set up a Hunger Games and, you know, build all the things while you guys are playing. And then everybody can join that one once I finish because it's not hard to set up a Hunger Games. It's just you know it depends what we want to do because you can set up a hunger games in a bunch of different you know seeds in particular to do it in different biomes because you'll have separate like we could literally do an ocean hunger games which would be so horribly hard (laughs) but it would be so fun because you just have little islands every you know every 50 blocks that Mm -hmm. everybody can be on with the main island in the center and so it's like in order to get to other people you have to be on a boat or you got to be swimming you could drown you can have all these other things that are playing factors in it you're also playing it with cheats on so you can change it so that there's you know you can turn on and off certain mobs in different areas and certain things like that. It's like there's so much you can do with Minecraft. It is literally a base for so much <laughs> to be done in it, which is why there's so many games that are within Minecraft. So it's just I, I want to do all of that stuff. It's just hard <laughs> when it's like, oh, man, I want to do this thing. And then the girls are just like, eh, yeah, that sounds really cool. And then you get into it and they just don't do it. <laughs> so, so yeah, though, I want to I want to expand what we're what we're doing i want to i want to test people i want to push limits <laughs> i'm tired of doing the same boring thing every day all day <laughs> so and it could be it could be so fun and if like they come up with a, some kind of persona that they enjoy doing so much then it could you know maybe a little make little appearances here and there and <laughs> like videos and stuff that we do i don't know mm-hmm. <clears throat> i'm not against it for sure so i'm definitely not against it (laughs) so i'm just you know for me it's like i have to dial back me because i'm naturally good in games like this and persistent and i just don't want to be a bully and just start slaughtering the crap out of people because i don't hmm? care do it become an evil overlord over overlord because we'll have people just... succumb to you kneel at your feet and go please don't kill me i'll work for you i'll go get intel i promise i want that level of corruption in this games well just you know it's dangerous <laughs> it'll be fun especially because it's you so you could turn it off you can go mm. okay you know what i'm done and be like okay and then that's it <laughs> so yeah okay well all right remember you said it this just that's all i'm gonna say so all right, and with that, <laughs> welcome to the afternoon <laughs> dive on the stupid podcast on everything. I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we talk about everything because everything's stupid. So uh, you said you got something to start us off with for this afternoon. We normally talk about our weekend, but our weekend really wasn't eventful. We worked in the backyard and we got a bunch of stuff done back there. We're calling out Anna because... She literally is trying to kill our chickens. Like, honestly, yeah. and if you've been here long enough, you've witnessed us talk about, you know, the countless different things that we've had to deal with with the girls and our and our chickens. But part of what mm-hmm. Anna's punishment is instead of like just, you know, it, it, they get to a point where they're too old to just be like, ah, sit in your room all day. It just doesn't really do anything because you get to a certain right. age and you want to sit in your room all day. <laughs> so, um, so her part of her punishment is that instead of all three of them taking care of the chickens, it's solely her responsibility right now. And my goodness, I you guys have been here. You guys know all the things that I've talked about. Mm-hmm. Taking care of the chickens is not that hard, especially when you, you know, distribute it between the three of them. But for some reason, the three of them could never do it. And so Anna took it over because every single time it was, oh, yeah, but the girls don't do this. The girls don't do that. Well, they're not listening. They didn't do this today. And she was always coming inside telling us this, that or the other about how, you know, one of them didn't do something or didn't do several things or didn't do it at all and so finally got to the point where it's like okay yeah no but now it's you know that's your punishment is that you're the one taking care of them now Mm -hmm. and my goodness you would think that she just didn't know how to do it like she'd never done in a day in her life because we have just for everybody you know to give you a uh you know simple description what you're supposed to do 
our chickens have a small coop and we're working on expanding and giving them a bigger area, a bigger coop, everything. The coop's already built. We're just doing the last finishing touches, all mm-hmm. this, that, and the other, whatever. Um, but where they're at right now is they're in the far back corner of our yard. Um, they have a small coop, one of the ones from Tractor Supply, and then we got this big run thing on uh, Amazon. And it was mm-hmm. it's big. It's, what, a 10-foot by 4-foot space? No, it's but, thirty. It's thirty feet long by ten feet. Yeah, it's long. Okay. <laughs> well, either way, it's big, and uh, but it's not big enough for the chickens that we have, especially because we have ducks too. But uh, we have a duck pond in there, and then we have a. Well, we have something that was supposed to be a wood frame with uh, uh, hardware cloth on the top so that mm-hmm. grass could go th- grow through it that the chickens couldn't scratch at. And then um, the rest is just open for them to, to exist in. Yeah, they also you know, have... I found out why it's down. She steps on it. Yeah, all I of them did. Like, they, they all did. Oh, morons. They okay. all, one of them had broken it and then all of them mm-hmm. stopped caring. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> it was the same thing with the door. One of them had broken it and then all of them stopped caring. It just every time. But anyway, <laughs> so they, they're supposed to go out there, let them out in the morning. Um, and that consists of literally going out there. The ducks stay at the bottom of the coop and the chickens stay on the top of it where it's actually enclosed in the coop. And so you're supposed to open the, the front door to the coop, to the little coop and run. And then you're supposed to open the actual coop and everybody comes out you feed them we're using fermented food because it allows it to last for forever because we bought all of that food and we still have a lot of it even with all of the chickens having you know or all of the squirrels having gotten into the sunflower seeds because you know um that was great (laughs) i don't know if anybody can hear joey's phone ringing all the way away but he's gonna go get that i'm gonna continue explaining (laughs) um but Anyways, so they deal with uh, what they got to deal with, um, letting them out in the morning. They feed them that one scoop of the fermented food, and they make sure that their water is full. Every single time, the water has to be full. And then they also have to make sure that the duck pond is not dirty. If it's dirty, they just dump it and refill it. It's literally that simple. They don't have to clean it every single time. They just dump it and refill it because mosquitoes and, you know, the the moss will start growing. Not moss. um, Algae will start growing. And if you're not, you know, we don't have a, a filtered, you know, pump running through it it's just a kiddie pool that we have filled up so the ducks can swim not that hard by the afternoon the person that's got the afternoon is just supposed to go out there make sure their water is full and give them another scoop of food make the same thing make sure that their water is good when they're laying eggs they check for eggs bring those in last that's the last thing they do everything's super easy it's not hard at all um, and then the person at night is supposed to go out there and make sure that they've had enough food and water all day. And they make sure that, you know, they all are inside the coop where they're supposed to be. The ducks aren't terrorizing anybody for, you know, sleep time. And they close everything up. And then they go back inside. For some reason, <laughs> we have been dealing with the issue on so many different levels. There are different steps to each of those things that are only supposed to be dealt with once a week. Like the fact that, yeah, once a week their coop should be being, you know, cleaned out, made sure that it doesn't smell like ammonia. And their duck pond should be made sure that it's actually clean and not just, you know, being dumped and refilled over and over again. But with the laziness of not caring about that for several weeks in a row, they would get to points where we'd have to send them all out there to clean everything all at once. Their ground, the ground inside of their run will get super uneven because the chickens like to dig. But once it gets super uneven like that, they just can't even, they, they won't even, you know, deal with it. They won't take the rake to the ground. They won't take the shovel to the ground. And so we get to the point where the chickens and ducks are digging underneath and they're getting out Mm -hmm. and they're starting to pull at the bottom of the chicken wire and everything. So they were getting out of everything and it was getting, you know, obnoxious, got them all to get back inside and fix it all up. Then the door came off and of course nobody knew what the door, what happened to the door. And then it was, oh, well, we're running out of food, but nobody wanted to tell anybody we were running out of food because at the time I was the one that was setting up the fermented feed, which is again, not that hard. You take a scoop of each of the food into a five gallon bucket and fill it with water and then you leave it for three days and bam it's fermented food you stir it every once in a while and it should be fine it is literally it smells like kombucha when it's done right it doesn't smell the greatest mm-hmm. because it's not exactly fruit juice or fruit tea being turned into kombucha it's food <laughs> so it's it's not the greatest but it smells very different it will also mold on the top if you're not stirring it because it's supposed to be wet everything if you're giving it the opportunity to mold that means that that's not being moved and turned around mm-hmm. so it's not that hard. Same thing with the coop. If you're if you literally go out there and make sure every single day that it doesn't smell bad, then you're fine. If they would go out there every single day and we could trust them to hey, just like scoop it like a litter box, then we would make have them do that, but they don't do that. And it's just, you know, gets to the point where it's just whatever. For some reason, I think it was it was like 3 or 4 months ago now. We had gotten first of all, we got the waterer that we have for them. Um, it was 
it was way before it even started getting warm because we were like, hey, they're having issues with, you know, making sure that they have enough water during the summer. And we were trying a few different things to get them to have water and it just wasn't working out. And then we uh, got them a new waterer and then that water broke because the girls just, they took it apart to clean it and lost one of the little rubber rings. So it didn't mm-hmm. work anymore. So we got them a new waterer. It's one that we've repeatedly decided like we don't like these ones because the ducks get it dirty. But if the girls are going out there three times a day, it shouldn't really be that dirty. How wrong we were. <laughs> but. Yep. On top of that, for this one, it is a five-gallon waterer. So in the bottom of it, it's got this little pressure gauge thing that you twist it so that it's with the amount of water that's in it, it will fill the bowl around it to a certain level and then it'll stop. If it's too loose, it'll just keep spilling water out of it because the weight of the water, obviously, (laughs) is a lot more. And if it's too tight, then it just won't let any water out at all. So... I told them that, and I've told them that several times, and I'm sure that if you've listened, I've probably talked about this before. I wouldn't be surprised because I got, I had gone out there about three separate times to tell them the same thing, and it was a part of those conversations every single time because when we address anybody about the chickens, we address all three of them. So now, all of that knowledge, <laughs> in the last weekend, we found out that not only was Anna not making sure the coop was clean, she was not making sure that the duck pond was clean, she was not making sure that they had enough water throughout the day, Mm -hmm. she was not making sure that their fermented feed was actually being given to them, like, in full scoops for each the baby chicks and the regular chickens and ducks, because... You know, that was apparently normal. Like, everything that had to do with how our chickens were suddenly got reversed, and she just didn't care. And then mm-hmm. we tried to point it out, and everything was, well, I didn't know I had to do that. Well, I didn't know that. Nobody which told me that BS. I had to do that. Which, again, like I said, for each of these things, I've had conversations with them about it so many times. And like I said, uh, you could probably go back and pinpoint times in the podcast that I complained about telling them and finding out they weren't doing it. So it was just absolutely insane, the amount of things that, you know, she was just like, I didn't know that. I'm like, girl, you're 17. (laughs) I feel like at some point you go, hey, I was told this thing so many times and uh, I I know I'm supposed to do that. At this point, I got caught for it. Maybe I should just go, you know what, my bad. I'll do it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I was being lazy because, you know, it's 100 degrees consistently now every single day. We're in that part of the year where everybody hates it, (laughs) including Mm -hmm. the chickens. They're not out doing anything because it's it's hot. So they're always underneath in the shade. um, And they're always underneath the coop in the shade so that they don't have to deal with the heat, which it sucks because, you know, it's hot. But when they're going through the day without water, obviously that's going to kill them. And yeah, by the time we had gone out there and we're not even going out there that late. It was like 830 that day when Mm -hmm. we finally went over to the chickens and we had already been out there for about 30 minutes and their water was gone. There was no water in there. The ground wasn't wet. Nothing. But she already claimed that she had let them out and everything, which, again, we always say it. Um you know, we, we the way that we ask questions and the order we ask the questions is so that they can't backdoor, oh, well, I haven't done it yet. Like, to, because it was already there. She had already been up. So his first question is, hey, have you let chickens out? Yes. Okay, so why don't they have any water? Well, they had water earlier. Mm-hmm. And, fir- and at first, her, her whole thing was that she did water them. Those were her words. Yeah. But then it switched up halfway through. Is that, oh, well, the water was already halfway full, so I didn't fill it. Right. Which is which always was, like... Which <laughs> was the lie after... I picked up the hose and said, then why is the hose inside and out dry? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, oh, yeah. well, uh, they, they, ha- they had, they were like halfway full of water and it is a six gallon jug. I was like, oh, so what happened? All- oh, it must have run out. Then why is the ground? Yeah, because the ducks are a mess. The, mm-hmm. If anybody has ducks or they don't know, whatever. The way that ducks dig into the water when they're out in a pond is exactly how they drink the water. (laughs) So they will literally stick their entire head in it and just, like, literally open and close their mouth super fast because that's how they drink. And they like to mix it with the mud and do all these other things because that's how their body processes everything. They like to get their food wet when they eat, which is why the fermented feed is actually better for them because then they have less of a want to do that because Mm -hmm. it's already wet. But still, (laughs) that's what they do when they have all, when they, when they are just drinking water. And so it's like the ground around the water is like perpetually soaked (laughs) because of those ducks so it's like so if the ground is absolutely dry that makes no sense how could there have been 
water in this halfway full and there's nothing and you're telling us that you took care of them at this point you're saying you came out here at seven and which first of all was a lie because everyone everybody else that was up was like no she wasn't outside at seven we were up at seven she didn't go out until about 15 minutes before we came outside Mm -hmm. so it was already like cool so you're already lying about it you're giving three four five different lies about it and so yeah I i had to basically call her out on it for way way too long because she still was just not admitting to it which is what i when I talk to the girls, that's what I do is I just, I'm running them around in circles until they finally go, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I was lying. I don't know why I thought I would get away with it. It's like, I just want you to tell the truth because I would rather you get to a point of telling the truth and get in less trouble than just have to deal with the fact that I know you're lying already. (laughs) But Lily and Tabby have, yeah, Lily and Tabby have come to them without knowing that they're lying. Yeah. Lily and Tabby have caught on to that and they finally get it that if I approach them about something, they go, yeah, no, I didn't do that. Or yeah, I did that because I already know Tabby took forever to understand that, which is why her and I had so many, you know, we Mm -hmm. butt heads for forever because she was so convinced that she could like get away with so many things. You know, see the, I sneezed when I was walking up the stairs story. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I, I've done this with them and Anna apparently just hasn't caught on yet. It's like, if I'm already asking you, I'm, I'm giving you the opportunity to tell the truth. I already know the truth. <laughs> so there are a few times that I just don't know the truth or it's like I know that this thing happened and I'm asking all three of you because I want to know which of you did it and because that I don't know and to which I have Joey there because he can always tell who's lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like it's just it's I don't even understand why why they try. And Anna's now fallen into that same thing. Like, why are you even trying? <laughs> we already know you're the only one taking care of the chickens and it's not getting done right because you didn't do it. Yep. That's that's the only answer <laughs> like and it's the same thing too now with all the dishes where all three of them oh yeah no I, oh it's always this person this person this person not me not me i do it right it's hilarious what that happened when that happens because it's like yeah well we can't pinpoint who did it because half the time yeah it's something from a different time it's something from this da, 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 whatever and we can't figure it out but now uh like i said the whole point of having them now do the dishes for a week you know, each swapping for a week mm-hmm. has now had the ability for me to figure figure out who has issues with what. Tabitha is the one that does not clean silverware for anything. Like, I don't know what goes through her head when she just, like, she must just be running them through water and deciding that's clean because every time everybody else has been doing the dishes, I haven't pulled out Mm -hmm. a single dirty piece of silverware. Not one. But when it comes to Lily, it's more the plates and the bowls. Laziness on on cleaning the outside of them. She'll clean the top side of a plate but not the back side of a plate. So when you stack them, (laughs) you'll get it dirty. Same thing with the bowls. Anna is all cups. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. (laughs) but i've been pulled out so many cups that have been dirty everything else has been clean but the cups my lordy so it's like great now i know who has troubles with what all three of you still suck at doing the dishes just in one way or the other (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's like right now it's just we're we're getting to that point where it's like okay we're we're finally pinpointing where the issues are with each of them they now have you know their own things i haven't swapped chores yet like their their weekly chores yet because they're still not doing them properly mostly yep. tabby she's i don't know if she just hates doing the living room or what but she just it's the same room every day and it's i don't know it, it, i feel like having the same chore would be a lot easier than swapping chores because then you already know what you're supposed to do and it's not like the living room is ever like horrendously dirty because we don't ever we're never down there unless Mm -hmm. we're literally sitting there eating dinner so whoever cleans up after dinner literally the only dishes that are in there are half the time from tabby sitting there watching memes so i don't know why she has such an issue cleaning that room lily's biggest issue is that she likes to just sweep 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 and hope that nobody notices that she didn't mop and then i'm like okay but there's literally footprints everywhere all over there's a bunch of cat fur mm. you know it did look at the in between spaces of all the furniture it's not even a lot of furniture you have the loft girl what do we, it's not that hard you just gotta run the broom through it but okay and then yeah anna's finally at the point where she's doing her afternoon chores correctly because she knows that she doesn't have any room to not do them correctly, especially because hers right now is the foyer, so everybody's always walking through it. <laughs> so we're like, hey, uh, this has been there for two days, so that means you haven't done your chores in two days. <laughs> like, So it's easy easy to tell for hers, but yeah, it's just... Uh, and we were finally at that point where it's like, okay, we know who's having issues with what. Now we just need to come up with the solutions for all of those things because I'm just tired of punishments. I'm tired of them being in trouble for everything all the time. I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. And it takes away the ability to have fun when you have to you know, step out of the, hey, I'm being a fun, cool person because I've already told you this 17 times. You're still not doing it, which means you're taking advantage of me being a fun, cool person. So, so yeah, no, it's it's been... 
it's just been a lot, <laughs> but hopefully with everything that we're, we're talking about changing up and doing, things will start to fall more into a, uh, what's it called? Routine. A routine. And mm-hmm. we'll have better control over all the things that everybody has to do. Um, we're, we're alarms are about to be our best friend, honestly, because yeah. even with like with uh, we have uh, the girls on birth control uh, because well, not Tabby, obviously she's not there yet. But Lily's on birth control. And we're, you know, I have two alarms set specifically because her f- newest thing is, hey, I'm going to come, you know, bring my birth control pill downstairs and then I'm going to sit and hope that nobody notices that I didn't take it. <laughs> We're like, what are you doing? Take it. And then she'll go, okay. And she'll stand up and like grab a cup. And then she'll like fiddle for a second. And then she'll sit back down. And we're like, girl, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'll sit there and be like, Lily, BC. Uh, okay. And then 10 minutes later, Lily, yeah. BC. And then she tries to, oh, well, yeah. I was trying to show you and you weren't listening. Like, girl, I didn't hear a single word come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're not trying. Just standing 10 feet away from me. Mm-hmm. And when I'm looking at the TV and you're over there going, what? 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 Oh, you didn't see me. I guess I don't need to take it. <laughs> like, yeah, girl, you're I not even. <laughs> that logic is so foul. Yeah. So we're just, there's the, that's that. Tabby's biggest thing right now is we're all trying to have fun. And she's overly upset about everything because it's Tabby. She's mm-hmm. got anger issues. <laughs> so. We're we're still, you know, whatever about that. But hopefully we'll be going on some bike rides, if not daily, like every other day. It'll be probably every other day to begin with because, my lordy, there are so many hills out here. (laughs) It is hard to ride bikes out here, but it's still fun. So, you know, we're going to do nighttime bike rides we're waiting on the lights to come in so that we don't get hit because we don't exactly all have reflective things on our bikes anymore because the move like destroyed all of them apparently Mm. (laughs) it's like there's like two on the on all four (laughs) so so yeah we're excited about that i'm excited about that lily has been wanting to go bike riding because that's like lily's favorite thing to do and then I'm going to drag along whoever comes along because Nikki should be doing it. She needs mm-hmm. it. She, her poor knees <laughs> have not been yeah, happy. A zero impact thing is something that she needs. So, so yeah. That's, and hopefully as we do it, too, maybe you'll come along for a few of them because you still have your bike. Yeah. My bike just needs to get some services beyond my doing. So I'm, I'm just really frustrated when I look at it and I see that they just – because I put my bike and I stored it up proper. And then one of them – moved my bike and put it and leaned it up against something, let it get. So it was outside in the elements getting wet. And yeah, I'm just really, every time I get to it, I just start getting unreasonably upset. So, you know, it's just very, very frustrating. So I'm just trying my best. I understand. With that, let's let's roll into what I've got. So sure. that was that was our little weekend catch up. <laughs> Just like I said, it wasn't enough for us to fill an episode. Mm-hmm. So now we're gonna move on. Um, I've got a very long, true off my chest today. Um, I st- I didn't finish it. I got through the first part. It is a three part story, um, and. It's a, it's a doozy. Um, it's gonna. Okay. It, I, we're definitely not ending on it because it's it's hard. It's a hard read. Um, so uh, the title is "Half Sister, Her Husband, and Now My Nephew Are Sitting in Jail Awaiting Sentencing." They refuse to admit to any wrongdoing despite the evidence stacked against them. And then you'll understand because the trigger warnings are discussion of physical abuse, child abuse, and rape. <sighs> okay. So. This past year has been really heavy with the shit that I have never expected to happen within my immediately immediate family. Some background. I am the oldest of four children between my mom and dad, but we have an older half-sister from my dad's side. We were never raised together for extended periods of time. She was conceived from a fling my dad had before he married my mom. Dad and half-sister's mom were never in a relationship, so my dad was never involved in her life other than court-mandated child support. That changed when half-sister turned 14 and she moved in with us. I was nine years old at the time. Her mom couldn't handle her, quote-unquote, anymore due to behavioral issues. It had gotten to the point where she called the cops on her several times because she was violent. Dad agreed and paid for her bus ticket because she lived in a different neighboring state. Now, my dad was always the strict parent and, and was the type of person who believed that he could, quote unquote, straighten out any misbehaving child with the proper discipline and structure. This form of, dis- of discipline inc- also included spanking with a belt, and this considered is considered normal in our culture. 
My siblings and I had our fair share of spankings growing up. Now, Dad wouldn't just immediately resort to spanking. The times we were spanked with a belt usually only happened when a nonviolent form of discipline didn't correct whatever we were getting in trouble for. Think timeouts, extra chores, confiscating toys, getting a stern lecture about what we, he, about what we did was wrong. When half-sister came to live with us, things seemed good at first. I was so excited to have a big sister and was attached to her hip. She was a freshman in high school, and that came with the typical growing pains. Lying about grades, ditching class to smoke weed, getting detention, etc. But my dad didn't see those things as typical teenage behavior. It was totally unacceptable under his roof. In the beginning, he would ground her, give the stern lectures, and extra chores. At one point, I remember her being grounded for over a month. She wasn't allowed to go anywhere other than school and home. But she never actually stopped the misbehaving. She just got better at hiding it from my parents. For example, she would lie to my mom who did the drop off and pickups um, and say that she had to go to school early or stay late because of whatever school activity when in reality she would go early or stay late to smoke with friends it wasn't an issue at first because she would always get home before my dad would be back from work well one day it all blows up because my dad was out early from work and said he would pick us up and the half sister up from school from her after school activity on the way home half sister comes out of the from the school not knowing that my dad had just seen her walking down the street with friends back into the school and he knew there was no actual after school activity after that my dad became even more strict with her again he grounded her but this time didn't allow her to go early or stay late for any other reason than her detention which he would always call the school to confirm if she was actually scheduled for detention or not as you can imagine a teenager under strict rules wants to rebel even more and that's exactly what half sister did one day it escalated to the point where dad just blew up on her he started with the physical discipline because at that this point all other forms of discipline had not worked when in reality it was just straight up physical abuse he would yell pull her hair make her kneel on rice in a corner for hours hit her with the belt it was bad it all ended one day when my dad had hit her with the belt so hard that the welts on her back bled as she slept and her shirt got stuck with the dried up blood that day she went to school with a stuck on shirt told a friend what happened and that friend told the teacher who then reported it to the police and cps they took the half sister into foster care while arrangements were made to send her back with her mom dad was arrested for domestic violence but he is educated and well-spoken so he took a no contest a no contest plea uh, painted a picture to the judge that ended up with the judge being lenient due to the half sister's previous record with the police and poor school records dad spent a day in jail got charges reduced and all he had to do was take court mandated anger management classes over the years the relationship with half sister was complicated to say the least she got pregnant as a teen with her first child let's call him steve he'll be relevant to the story later she went through phases of partying with hard drugs and being sober. During her sober times, she would come around and live with us for a couple of months before bouncing back to her mom or her ex. Despite everything, my siblings and I absolutely loved her. Our nephew and later nieces, when they would come over, we and our nephew and later nieces. When they would come visit, we would share fun times, but it was apparently that my half-sister was a pathological liar she would lie over what seemed like the most trivial stuff like saying she had mcdonald's for lunch when she really had a burger king um as i got older i learned to just take the things she'd tell me with a grain of salt realizing that she was liberal with her lies and the pictures she would paint to us about her life instead i would just appreciate the moments we got to spend with her because they were rare now for part two Fast forward to present day. Mm. Half-sister now has five biological children, two with ex, three with new husband, and two stepchildren. So a total of six daughters and one son, ranging from ages six to 18 years, six months to 18 years. Um, her new husband is a man that seemed like a solid good guy. They first met when she was in her early 20s, 20s, but relationship formed when they found themselves at the same church. She sobered up from the hard drugs, would still smoke weed and drink occasionally, and became very involved in her, in her local church. She volunteered a lot, her, a lot of her time giving back to the community and she started a youth ministry in a couple of years the youth ministry grew to the point where she would be she would put together large events and hundreds of people would attend to watch christian hip-hop artists some of which are very very popular every event she put on was a success raised a lot of money for not only church and ministry but also to support her family if you've made it this far thanks for reading now that i've laid out the background this is where the current story begins approximately nine months ago we learned that half sister and her husband were arrested the charges several counts of child abuse neglect and torture they are being held on a six-figure bond don't want to say exact amount because local news stations were articles and a search could dox. I was in disbelief at first, but as I learned more details and specifics, that, that disbelief turned into outrage towards her and anguish for my nieces and nephews. I'd prefer to spare you all the worst details, but summed up, half-sister had so brutally ostracized her stepdaughter, my niece, who was just 10 years old, to the point that she kept her chained by the ankle to her bed almost all day, every day, for the past year. All because half-sister thought that my niece was possessed by a demon and had to keep her separated from the rest of the family because she was dangerous. She was severely malnourished because half-sister would only feed her rice and beans and then physically beat her when she refused to eat. The day, got, the day they got arrested, she had beaten my niece to the point she stopped breathing. 
Her father took her to the emergency room while my nephew, remember Steve, was in the back seat giving her CPR, praying that she wasn't dead. When they arrived to the hospital, her father lied and said she fell from the top bunk and fell unconscious. It was obvious to doctors and nurses that it was not an accident. She had internal bleeding and they discovered several bruises all over her body in different stages of healing. She was put into a medically <sighs> induced coma for a month while her body heals healed because the hor- because that's the horrible shape she was in. She was cl- it was clear that it was child abuse and hospital called the, s- the police and CPS. Her father was immediately arrested and taken for questioning. The cops also interviewed my nephew. Based on his interview, they went back to their house where they questioned the evil the evil half-sister, who of course denied any wrongdoings and stuck to the accident story. CPS looked around the house and took her other children into custody. My two youngest nieces, ages one and three, were very underweight for their ages and malnourished, turns out also unvaccinated and not checked on by a doctor since a few months after birth. The kicker, half-sister was also six months pregnant with her fourth biological oh daughter. Quick interview with the older children was enough for the half-sister to be taken into custody. She is currently in jail, giving birth to a healthy baby girl that we have not had a chance to meet yet neither her or her husband have been officially sentenced yet though the questions y'all might be asking how did this abuse go on for so long without anyone noticing well half sister had taken all of her kids out of public school and was homeschooling starting in 2020 during the pandemic with the exception of my nephew who was still in high school last time our family had seen them was thanksgiving in 2019 they came to visit and everyone not only seemed normal but thriving in this new blessed and happy life she had with her new husband my nephew and nieces have also been amazing kids smart kind polite super loving nobody in my family suspected any type of abuse we would give praises to half sister about the amazing job she was doing as a mother and how proud we were of her beautiful family according to nephew the abuse didn't start until 2020 so the last we saw them things were actually good and normal cps had placed my nephew and nieces to live with his uncle half sister's half brother from my mom's side and aunt they live one hour away from them so it was the best move deemed by cps since it was closest to home they were actually good genuine people who have three kids of their own within a couple weeks my nieces were flourishing in school and enjoying living with their cousins now for part three Now forward to about six months ago, my nephew Steve was, understandably so, struggling with both of his parents being in jail and his entire world being turned upside down. My younger sister spoke with a social worker and asked if he could move out of the state to live with her and offer a new start. He had just turned 18 a few months ago, so as long as he wanted to move, his social worker gave the okay. For context, my younger sister lives in a two-bedroom condo with 10 miles of the rest, within 10 miles of the rest of our immediate family. So Steve would have a new support system that not only loved him dearly, but wanted to be there for him while he adjusted to this new normal. Initially, after the move to my younger sister's home, it was clear Steve was dealing with unresolved trauma and battling depression. He was also a victim of uh, a victim subject to my sister's abuse. He had always been hardworking and kind, um, very charismatic, and caring for his younger sisters. So we were very concerned for his well-being and apparently an apparent shift in personality. He didn't want to speak much about what happened, and as a family, we respected that. He was seeing a therapist, and over several weeks, we could see improvement in his mood. He started to open up to us more and started acting like his old self again. He got a summer job as a lifeguard and started making new friends. He seemed to be embracing this new beginning and was turning over a new leaf. I say seemed because then another unexpected, totally fucked up thing happened. None of us were prepared. If you're still reading, hang in there. We're almost up to present day. Two months ago, Steve was arrested for sexual assault, pending rape once DNA results come in, and held with no bond. What happened, you ask? It only gets worse from here. A childhood friend let's call her A, from church, contacted Steve and told him she was moving to the same city from a few states away. Her current lease had ended and there was a gap between her classes. She told nephew she was living out of her car and waiting to move as her new lease start date got closer. Well, Steve considered A like a sister and she considered Steve like a brother. Steve told my youngest sister her situation and asked if A could stay for a while or for a week with them. My youngest sister, being the incredibly compassionate person that she is, immediately said yes and thought it would be safer for A to stay at her place while she waited instead of sleeping in her car a arrived a few days later my sister described how incredibly sweet she was and how she expressed so much gratitude for allowing her to stay for a week a few days later a went out to party with some friends and got blackout drunk through her phone her friends contacted steve and let him know she was really drunk and had been vomiting so they were bringing her back home which was to my sister's home when a was dropped off my sister saw she was covered in vomit so she helped her get into the bathtub fully clothed and attempted to sober her up so she can get her to bed it was about 3 a.m at this point and my sister had work at 10 a.m after several minutes under running water, A became aware of what was going on and realized my sister was there waiting to help her. My sister told her what happened and asked for consent to help her get cleaned up. When she was almost done, my sister noticed A had a sanitary pad stuck on the inside of her thigh. She asked A if it was if she was on her period and A said yes and asked my sister to help her rip it off. My sister noticed there was no blood on the pad and asked A if she was sure that she was still on her period. A had said yes, she probably was just on her last days, so my sister offered her a new pad to wear while she slept. At this point, it's almost 5 a.m. and my sister gets A to bed. 
She was sleeping on an inflatable bed for on Steve's floor. My sister said that when she put A to bed, Steve was already asleep in the separate bed, and A, and A was coherent enough to thank her and conf- and confirm that she was feeling better. My sister left her with a bottle of water and then went to bed in the master bedroom on the opposite side of her condo. Morning comes, and my sister has to leave her house to head to work. Steve was giving her a ride and was already waiting for my sister in the car outside while she was still getting out of the house. She briefly sees A in the morning, tells her she hopes she's feeling better, and asked her to please lock the front door as she rushed out. Around 10 p.m., my sister, as she's getting ready to end her work shift, gets a call from Steve letting her know that the cops are at her house and that he is getting arrested because A accused him of raping her. Then the detective gets on the phone and informs my sister that her house is currently a crime scene, they have a warrant, and they are collecting evidence. At first, my sister thought that maybe A didn't remember that she had helped her get cleaned up that at that night since she woke up with fresh clothes on but when she arrived home the detective told her that after she and nephew had left the house in the morning a had packed up her things and went straight to the emergency room to get a rape kit done it's important to note that a is a lesbian she has never been attracted to men and never previously had any type of penetrative intercourse from a medical standpoint she was still a virgin and still had her hymen intact up until steve had raped her my sister gave her statement to the detective and told them everything that happened the night before including with the pad with no blood that amy had stuck to her leg while getting ready for bed with my sister's statement, they had a clear timeline of the events, and there was no doubt that the only time the rape could have been occurred was between the hours of 5 and 9 a.m. They took all the evidence, Steve's bed sheets, last worn clothing, and the pad that was in the trash can from the night before. Amy had already provided all the evidence she had, including my, the new pad my sister had given her and the bed sheets from the inflatable bed. The detective shared with my sister that the medical examiner told her told them that A had tearing so bad it was equivalent to birthing a child. We went to Steve's bond and arrangement hearings, currently waiting for the DNA evidence to come in, which detective said can take several months for his charges to be changed to rape for him and for him to be sentenced. So there it is. This is something that we've been dealing with with privately as a family, and it's been heavy to say the least. It has been cathartic to get this off of my chest to the internet strangers. If you made it here, thank you again for reading. Why so heavy a story? Oh my God. I... This, I wow you 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 start you. Well, I if there's anything that I wanted, it was that I wanted to point out that generational trauma exists because mm-hmm. this is the prime example of it. Her, it's she. It starts with with stepsister, half sister, half sister, yeah, half sister. Um, is absolutely abused that was Mm -hmm. that's that's what it came down to mother called the police on her because she was getting violent i don't believe that for a second Mm -hmm. i believe that she was getting abused and she had some genuine trauma because while there are plenty of stories out there of kids that genuinely have things wrong with them and they are just violent and there's no real reason behind it 90 percent of the time it's because of something that had happened to them so i believe that half sister was abused that her mom was probably terrible Mm mm-hmm and she had dealt with a lot of things. And in that, she provided nothing but abuse to her children in the process. And in that, Steve then provided nothing but abuse in his, you know, trying to deal with everything that happened. Because when you grow up in a world where all you know is abuse, you don't know how to love. You don't know how to exist in that world without mm-hmm. that abuse. It, that is how you've always functioned. And that's how you think everybody is supposed to function. You think that there is nothing wrong with the things that you're doing because it was all happening to you. Whether that is, whether you're conscious of it or not, those are still the things that you think. Those are active thoughts that you have. And obviously he wasn't actually dealing with any of the problems that he was having and you know he was trying to but it just it wasn't working whether he was actually trying or not is you know he's only ever going to know him and his therapist are ever only ever going to know but at the end of the day still he's only ever going to know and right i i i just want people to understand that is that the things that you do do affect your children and you may not think that they do to this extent but this is literally the prime example that things happen bad things happen to you you take it out on your kids and then your kids will continue the cycle until somebody finally gets it through to themselves not only continue but they amplify it yeah because you know they have to get past it and and it's coping like for example i mean i grew up and we've talked about what what's happened to me in my past and i went to therapy and i studied literally psychology family studies human studies i studied about abuse and the different ways that people cope and the different dramas and the the pitfalls and those and i'm glad to say that i don't fall into those i don't just smack my kids because i had a bad day i don't just you know attack my family because something else frustrates me in fact i very much try to make sure that if something else is bothering me i don't take it out on 
you guys right and mm-hmm. it's like i'm like hey nope nope you need to and there's times where i'm just like i just need to be left alone right now and you know that's that's where that is but you know if if you if you have been abused and you haven't gotten help yet you are going to be at a bigger risk and you're going to have problems so please get help get help and get professional help even if it's just somebody to talk to because I, I had a friend of mine and and I was amazed that literally just just talking to him for like three years. And at the end of three years, he's like now he's been married for, I think, 16 years. And I was and he he had reached out to me. He's like, you know, I just want to let you know that every single time that I start to get frustrated about it and I start to feel that, what you know, the way I feel. I think back to what we were talking about and I'm like, I, I'll be very honest and I don't say this to him, but I'll be very honest. I just listened. I just let him talk and I was just like, yeah, I, I understand. I've been there. I, I got you, you know, but I just listened and that's, that's all I had to do. So I feel so bad for this girl, but she needed, once she became an adult, she needed to jump on to getting help. And now it's like now just this whole Obviously, it sounds like he did it, and so this guy just needs to be. Oh no, he did. Yeah, that's he needs to be put underground. It's it's really where where it needs to be. And now this girl is traumatized for the rest of her life, and and it was like and and he had a timeline. I mean, the way that timeline falls into place, that is so premeditated. Yeah, it is. It is nauseating that there was a window that it had to be done, and so it's not like he was sitting there and suddenly. You know, he was drunk, she was drunk, crap happened. This isn't even the argument that's going to be able to be made. So, yeah, I'm just... Put him under the jail, or just make sure that all the other prisoners know why he's there. That's all you got to do. All right. Uh, you got another one? I don't have anything bad. I okay. just had an unpopular opinion that I was curious about okay. if you wanted that's, to that, move Yeah, past. that's fine. I, you just worried me because you just held that... Okay, so you guys don't who don't know, uh, Kiki has a little iPad mini... That somebody who loves her got her, and uh, <laughs> I you. watch. Oh yeah, and I watch when she lifts it up, and when she lifts it up, I know she's ready to go on to the next thing. And like after something heavy like that, it's like, oh, you think that was heavy? Challenge <laughs> accepted was what I was feeling there for a moment. So no, go go right ahead. Okay, uh, this one I I had saved this one I think last week, and then mm-hmm. I never read it, but I didn't delete it because I am genuinely curious as to what you feel about this. Um, it is titled, You Can't Rarely Slash Never Have Sex With Your Partner and Expect Them to Be Faithful. Pretty much what the title mm. says. People expect faithfulness from their partner when their partner isn't even trying to meet their needs. Medical issues are an exception. I'm not saying you have to have sex with your partner every day, but there are men I've talked to where their wives refuse to have sex with them for months at a time, then their wives get mad when they cheat. What did you expect? This is hard because I, I feel like this falls under, for me at least, this falls under that every situation is different thing. Mm-hmm. Because, because here, I'm in that situation, right? I mean, just on the wife side of things. <clears throat> and I was ready to just be in that situation on the wife side of things. And I was feeling that. and But, I, but cheating just was never, it, was, it wasn't a prospect in my mind. So... Yeah, I, I listen. There are reasons people have sex. There are reasons people don't have sex. Look, you're, you're mad at each other, or one of you is just mad. You're not going to have sex. One of you's got a horrible day, and it's just not something that's going to appeal to you at that point. You're not going to have sex. But if you're going months and there's no reason for it, you know, number one, whoever's the one withholding needs to see, get some help or you're going to lose the relationship one way or the other. You are going to lose it. Okay. I have, I am incredibly stubborn. So I was like, there was no way I was going to cheat on my wife. There wasn't. Okay. I just, I didn't have it in me. Wasn't about to do it. I was not going to cheat on my wife. Okay. So, that's where I was. And it was like, okay. But 
boy, you can bet I was one-handed knuckling that that you know that monster every chance that I got to try to take that down. But I also took my wife out to get her the help that she needed to get. And then at the end of it, it still wasn't anything that was changing in our relationship. But what it ended up changing was, hey, my wife was like, we need to find you somebody else. And I'm like, I'm not leaving. And she's like, I'm not talking about that. It's like, I'm not going to be here for this. And I know I'm not going to be here for this. And I understand that I'm not going to be here for this. And it's like, okay, well, and, and at first it was like, you know, we'll find you someone. And it was going to be finding me somebody very temporarily who charges by the hour. And I had no interest in that. None at all. Like just, there's no interest in me for, for, you know, paid companionship. That's, that's not at all what it was, but you need to find a solution. And yeah, if you sit there and you, you have a relationship and you have a healthy uh, relationship and then suddenly you're just like, Oh, Hey, you know what? Now it's just not happening. Yeah. You, you're going to lose that relationship. You are absolutely going to lose that relationship. You have no business having that relationship. So I, that sounds harsh, but I mean, seriously, what else do you expect at that point? You know? Yeah. I feel like one of the things that, again, this is, it varies by, from Mm -hmm. relationship to relationship, but for the, I I will take a chance and say for the majority of the population, mm-hmm. sex is a very important thing in their lives. Whether that means that it's important that they have it, whether that means that it's important because it's a personal thing for them, whether whatever, no matter what it is, it is some lo- there are some level of importance. You have to be physically attracted to your partner mm-hmm. to want to be with them. There are a whole you know section of people out there that don't feel those emotions. How I feel about that does not matter. That's, you know, it's a thing. Okay. But for the people, so like they're obviously an exception to this. Mm-hmm. I want, I'm talking about for the majority of the population that sex is important in a relationship for them. Right. I don't understand that. First of all, <laughs> I just want to say that real quick is that I always hear all these stories and see them all the time. I'm on Reddit all the time. I always see all these stories with people about, yeah, no, my wife, she did this, this and this, A, B and C, and then things change and now she never wants to have sex anymore. I don't know what to do. Can't have conversations about it. And then they also have these like entitled, you know, they they have these entitled attitudes where it's like, I'm your wife if they're just having a conversation with a woman Mm -hmm. and they get super overprotective and super jealous and all these other things start popping up and it's like, Okay, so I I literally was just talking to her, or oh, she's literally just my female coworker, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and they start getting way over the top with being like, "No, well, you wanna you wanna go doing this with her? Are you gonna cheat on me? Are you gonna do that?" And it's like I, that is unhealthy, and that is unhealthiness stemming from whatever's going on with the the wife in this situation that doesn't want to have sex because there's some underlying issue that's making her not want to Mm -hmm. and then also getting upset at you for just existing (laughs) around other females which is never like it's not okay that is clearly something going on with her people that go out there and just cheat to cheat yeah they're horrible horrible people Mm -hmm. but i do somewhat understand where op is coming from if you're completely refusing sex you're refusing an open relationship you're refusing anything and but you're still not allowing them to have that aspect of a relationship oh at that point i would just expect them to break up but i can also see situations where it's like it's not justified because i don't agree with cheating it's not a thing that Mm -hmm. i understand because i mean i'm poly so i don't really get cheating but (laughs) i also understand that aspect of like okay well i'm kind of sick of this i don't have an option i have kids and i have a life here and i don't want to lose that life and kids but i don't want to have a completely different relationship just for sex so i'm just gonna cheat on you like i can understand that thought process being a thing and feeling awful for it because of the you know stigma around cheating and poly relationships and all of this stuff it's just it's hard to to deal with all of those things in you know what are you supposed to do? I feel right. like that's the that's the thing that everybody's so uncomfortable and they don't want to talk about because you know most people are like, well, you have a conversation about it, like, but they did. What mm-hmm. is the next step? Well, you go to therapy, but they did. So what's the next step? I feel like that's always the thing that's the issue. Is like, well, then they break up, but they have a wife and kids, and they don't want to break up because they love their kids. And they don't want to deal with all of that. It's like the relationship is still great outside of that, but they want to have sex. Right. And so it's like I nobody wants to talk about what you're supposed to do in a situation like that. It's it's really hard. You're stuck in this world of feeling like 
you know, I there's this thing that I really need and I really want. And I hate when people say, oh, well, you don't need that. I, bull, I yeah, bull, I hate bull. that. You, you don't you, just because you, know you don't doesn't mean other let, people let me don't. This. Okay, every everybody here, everybody listening, you could survive on one food and one food alone. You would be malnourished, but you could do it. Does that mean you should do it? No. Okay. So, like, we'll give an example that's in our our life, even here right now. Okay. Like, Kiki's had another girlfriend I had no involvement with at all. You know, and that was. You know, that that was one thing. There's another that she's, you know, doing role playing stuff that I have no interest in. And and so she I'm fine with that, that she's doing it with somebody else. I don't care as long as she wants to be with me. She's going to be with me. Same thing with Nikki and same thing, you know, with with Amy. It's like, hey, our relationship is our relationship outside of our relationship. I'm hey, do it. You know, I want I want you to. If you're, I'm not like I don't play Dungeons and Dragons right now. Maybe I'll play it. Maybe I'll get into it. Maybe I won't. And if I don't and you guys want to play it, there's nothing wrong with that. And that should be that way with every aspect of your relationship. But here's the thing. You're talking about one of three things that should be a, a healthy part of your relationship. Right. And it's not there. And if somebody sits there and says, mm, yeah, it's not there anymore. Oh, well, what do you want to do about it? That's the wrong question, wrong answer, wrong attitude. You absolutely, if you, especially if you came into the relationship thinking that was going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are people who are like, hey, look, just so you know, I'm asexual, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm just not a sexual person. I'm not, and you have to weigh that. You have to be like, okay, and weigh that stuff, right? But no, just suddenly you're just like, er, you put the brakes on it for no reason whatsoever. No, that's that's a problem. Anyway, okay. So with that, thank you so much for joining us. And so I once again sorry that for it uh, being a little late out there, but we do appreciate you. Um, this has been Stupid Podcast on Everything, where I've been Joey and I'm Kiki. And until we see you, talk to you tomorrow. Um, and we're hopefully going to have some cool stuff going on starting the afternoon, but probably not tomorrow afternoon. Anyway. Peace out with your peace out. Bye.